Got to gather myself for a second. Uh, it's good. The, the same month my, my, uh, my mom was diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer, which ended up taking her life. And I remember uh, we sang that song. Uh, I just had a flashback of this college kid. Uh, or high, Yeah, he was a college kid at the time at APU. And just leading us in that. In the, God's love is faithful. And uh, my life's a testimony to that. And it's, it does reach for the heavens. It reaches everywhere. And uh, thanks, Jeff, for being in my life for 13 years. Thanks for leading this, uh, this team of messed up people and uh, of, of, of whom I am the chief. Uh, now, we're, let's, open the, uh, let's, open, let's open our Bibles up to Mark chapter 1, I think, still. That's crazy. We're still in Mark. But like I said last week, um, I love Mark. I, I, I love that we're studying Jesus. I love that we're getting back to Jesus. I love that the... the we're coming off of 74 years. It was our anniversary Sunday last Sunday. And if we, don't stop, if, we, if we stop coming back to Jesus, we should just go home. Um, now, and we, we, we started off with the, the, if you weren't here. Just pause for a second. That's nice. The lights came up. Did you see that? Uh, Mark. Beginning of the gospel, he tells us all the truths. At the end of the gospel, he tells us all the truths again. Jesus is the good news. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus did come for us. And then he, we're dropped down into the story and nobody knows what's going on. And then you cruise through the whole gospel, this whole narrative. Nobody knows what the heck is happening. And then right at the end, Mark repeats again. No, we didn't know what was happening, but it was the greatest thing that ever could have happened. So we're right in the right. We, we get dropped down into it and we say in verse 12, you know, and uh, Jesus gets baptized in verse nine in verse 12. We, he, he goes out and gets tempted um, to sum that up. If you ever heard that, like when you go to prison, you go the first day and you find the strongest person and you knock them out. Have you ever heard that? I don't know if that's true, but don't try that. But that's kind of what Jesus does. He shows up and he takes on the devil. And he knocks him out. And then he says, he opens his mouth for the first time and he says, I got some good news for you. And it's the kingdom of God is here. And we talked about that last week. How is that good news? You can enter into heaven right now. It's not about getting into heaven. It's about getting heaven into you. That's the gospel. That's the gospel according to Jesus Christ. And then I said, what's good news to some people? I threw Joy under the bus. I threw Greg under the bus. And I was planning on Scott being here because I was going to throw him under the bus. Because whenever I say kingdom of God, he's read Dallas Willard's Divine Conspiracy. And his eyes get big. Because you can live in heaven now. That is really, really, really good news. But then he says this stuff. And then as it's happening, John the Baptist is put in prison. And we're like, that doesn't make sense. How is that good news that we can live in heaven, but it still kind of stinks here? And so you got to read the gospel. you got to follow after Jesus to find out. And we find out another little tidbit right here. And he says this, Mark, verse 21. I'm going to start in verse 21. They went to Capernaum. And that's, they is, he just grabbed these guys that were fishing and said, hey, follow me. And for some reason they did. 
He hasn't done any miracles. He hasn't said anything crazy. He hasn't been amazing in any way, shape, or form. But he walked up to these fishermen and said, hey, follow me. And for some reason, they dropped their nets and they followed him. I wish it was that easy around here. <laughs> just, a, just a sidebar. I wish I would say, hey, follow me, and we go do stuff. But it doesn't happen that way. Anyway, just a little pet peeve. Back here, and nobody follows. Okay. They went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. Jesus went straight. He, back, he, was back, he was back at home, and then he goes into the, the, the house of God, and he starts teaching. They were astounded at his teaching. They were astounded at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. I know who you are. The Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice came out of him. They were all amazed. And they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the word of the Lord, and you respond with? Thanks be to God. Who is this guy? That's my sermon title. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? He brings with him the kingdom of God. He first says, hey, I got some good news. You can start living into heaven right now. Just make me your king. And start doing what I do and start following what I say. And you'll start experience this thing called life in a new way that you, you can't even fathom how amazing it is. And these guys start following him. He walks into the synagogue and he starts talking. And as he starts talking, this authority comes out. Authority. Authority. Power. Strength. He says later in Matthew, as he's, as he's, as, as he's commanding his, his, his followers, us, and he says this, Therefore, go, go out and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. What's the therefore, therefore? He's just said, I have all authority, all authority on heaven and on earth. What I say goes. When I say something happens, it happens. It shouldn't be called the Great Commission. It should be called the Great Commissioner. And we, follow, we, we find out in this text that we have this Great Commissioner, and his name is Jesus, and he walks into his first speech and first sermon, and he says, he starts saying some stuff. We don't even know what he says. That's cool of Mark. Mark doesn't even care about what he says. Mark cares about all of a sudden every hair stood up on everybody's like back. Like, not back. That's gross. On their neck, I guess the neck, isn't that the saying? On the neck. And, uh, and there was just this authority. In the kingdom of God, the king has authority. In the kingdom of God, the king has authority. Have you been around some, I remember uh, one time, uh, my, my dad's a brilliant man. He's got a PhD in nuclear engineering, did his postdoc at MIT, Harvard. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a pretty good guy. But he's really, really brilliant. And I remember one time, there were some people talking about astrophysics or something. They were speaking in some other language. You know, blah, 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 blah. You know, I, that was what it sounded like to me. I was thinking, you know, like pizza, uh, donuts. You know, I was, just, I was just running through food. Uh, that's my love language. Uh, in comes my dad. My dad throws his name in the hat. And all these people I hadn't experienced. I didn't, like, I knew my dad was brilliant up until this point, because I'd heard, like, he was working at secret agents and all this stuff. But all of a sudden, everybody around this circle, and there was probably about 12 people around this circle, they all shut their mouths, and they listened to the master speak. They listened to the guy who knows what's up, tell him what's up. That's what it's like. Jesus has all authority, not just on astrophysics and nuclear engineering, on everything. He's not buddy Jesus. Hear me say that. He's not buddy Jesus. He has all authority and all, all power on heaven and on earth. I'll get to why that's good news in a second. But right now you should be very, very afraid. Because that's what everybody was. They were like, what is going on? This guy has a new authority. And then he does something else. You got this guy who comes in who's demon-possessed. Unclean spirit. And he comes in and he's shaking and going, you know, all of a sudden, the demon, I didn't read this in any commentary, but it's crazy. The demon has correct theology. Fully God, fully man. I know who you are. You're from Jesus of Nazareth. You're that guy from that small town. You're that human guy, right? But you're also, you are gods. The demon says this. First person, first thing, first entity to know anything about who Jesus is, is a demon. And it says, Jesus, what do you want? Jesus. He says, shut up. Shut your face. (laughs) I don't know what that is. That's if he was in the South and in a gospel church or something. But he does, he says, be quiet. Why? There's a couple be quiets all throughout this passage. It's because it's not time yet. The time's not ready. You ever, you ever get like pigeonholed? You know, like you walk into a room, like I'm an amazing dancer. Just to, just, just to let you know that. And if it's the first time you meet me and you see me dancing, you're going to see me as just this amazing dancer guy. But there's so many more sides to me. You know, I love donuts. I love pizza. I love to eat. That's a different side, right? Jesus doesn't want his, his power. He doesn't want to be known as some magician. He wants to be known as the, the king of kings and lord of lords. And it's just part of him that has authority over the, the spiritual forces. I need to say a little bit about spiritual stuff. Us in this modern era, we don't think there's spirits going on. We'd be more comfortable if the text said, oh, he had uh, mononucleosis with the, with the uh, that's mono, that's kissing disease. No, if he had a psychological, like if we had like a psychological label to put on this person, we're not comfortable with spiritual stuff. But then there's the other side of it where you over-spiritualize. And everything's about spirits. And everything's about all this, you know, like you're, you're, you're the, I'm praying that the tree of, the, the, the spirit of the tree doesn't allow me to fall as I climb it. You know, like, you, you, there's, you trivialize it. 
We as the followers of Jesus, we need to recognize there is a spiritual battle going on, people. And if you you don't know you're at war at a spiritual realm, you're probably losing. And then if you're over-spiritualizing everything, you need to realize that Jesus was from Nazareth. Jesus was fully man. Jesus is fully God and fully man. Cancer, although it brings in spiritual aspects, is horrible. And not like, I, I couldn't pray harder against the spirit of cancer and bring my mom back. There's a balance we need to walk. I was, I was, it's weird. This is just a side note, and I think it would be a sermon some other day or a book or something like that, a chapter title or something. Why do we call spirits, like things other than wine, spirits? Does anybody know? That was my last thought as I was falling asleep. I don't know what about you. But that, I, think, I think there's something there. I think there, there's, there's some spirit that we're getting our butts kicked by because we're not recognizing that there's some spiritual stuff going on there. I was at Haight-Ashbury a little while ago with my interns and, and, and my leaders because we went up to Sacramento for youth specialties and we swung by Haight-Ashbury. And I remember seeing these drugged out these drugged out college kids. And they'd been sold a lie. And I looked at them. The first thought of I had in my mind was, there's a spiritual force at work here. They were sold a lie that they could get freedom by drugs and freedom by just not having any place to live and freedom by just following the breeze of the wind. And somewhere along the way, the drugs that they started taking started talking for them. One commentator put it, note, it's evil, but it's not sin. Jesus doesn't forgive this guy. Evil, evil has come on the scene. Evil is here. Since the garden, since the fall, there are dark forces and they're evil. And if you ignore them, you will lose. Jesus walks in and says, get out of there. Get out of there. Shut up, shut your mouth, and get out of my child. And here comes the good news. Both spiritually and authority-wise, Jesus wants to make us whole. Part of the kingdom of God and part of becoming a servant of the king is receiving his power, his authority, and it's also receiving his healing. And the next miracle he does, it's physical. He goes in like the great physician. This time he's a great spiritual warrior. Next time he's a great physician. And then... He's, he's everything. He's, all, he's all, in, all in one package. And he's walking around this earth and he's saying, follow me and I'll show you what's up. Follow me and I'll open your eyes to a way that will change everything. You will experience ex- like electric life. And so he says this. He says, okay, get out of this guy. Get out of this guy. And then everybody starts just becoming like a magnet. It says he, he becomes very, very popular. Have you ever experienced the real deal in any category? What's one, James? Greg Luganus. 
with his little yayas. <laughs> you know, he's got those little things, you know. But do you remember that guy? He was the real deal. Nobody could take him down. Remember he hit his head on the cement thing? <laughs> I was like, dude, I would give that sport up. <laughs> and then he got back on the platform and he still won the gold. The real deal. Anybody see Gretzky play? It looked like everybody else was JV. You know, he was the real deal. They called him the great one. He might be pretty good. You know? Jesus is the real deal that trumps all real deals. Everybody else is just playing like they have the, the, the ideas, like they have the rules, that they have the keys, that they can make changes, that they can do stuff. Jesus has the authority and he has the will to make you and I whole. Heal those parts of me that miss my mom. Spend time with me. Heal my broken femur. Come alongside me when I'm doing my exercises for the 15th millionth day in a row and I want to punch somebody's face. (laughs) He wants to make you whole. He he wants to take the evil things that you're dealing with and say, get out of here. And he has the authority to do it. He wants to, 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 to fix the ways that you see life and say, no, no, it's like this. It's not like that. He wants to be your king. He wants to be your great physician. He wants to be your spiritual enforcer that comes and battles everything for you. Now, as we prepare our hearts for communion, code word communion. (laughs) The band, the band, you see that? Real sly. As we prepare our hearts for communion and these lyrics, as we sing this song, Reflection, right where you're at, This is sacred space. Sacred space is where God and humans meet. Don't talk to your neighbor. Don't talk to me. Talk to your king. About ways that he can heal you. Ways that he can take the evil out of your life. Ask Jesus to make you whole.